Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Judd's Hockey Show listeners, this is the hockey whisperer himself, Phil Mackey. And I want to talk real quick about Federated Mutual Insurance Company, here to help take your business to another level through risk management. Uh, they are basically like a, like a checking line to protect your top-line players from risks and things on the horizon. Federatedinsurance.com if you want to find out more information and if you want to find out more information about the great people that have been around for a long time helping businesses. Federated Insurance, where it's our business to protect yours. Hockey! Yeah. Yeah. My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. Welcome to Judd's Hockey Show from the X after the uh, Penguins beat the Wild in a really fun, exciting overtime game. It's Zolgad, it's Declan Goff, and uh, Dex, you know, the one thing about this nine-game homestand that's now wrapped up with the Wild going 7-1-1 is this. And it's been true of the entire month. The amount of games that we've seen, both in the conference and outside, mm-hmm. that feel like playoff games. I mean, tonight was another one with the, the Wild coming back from, what, a 3-1 deficit, an intensity in the building, a sold-out crowd. But there have been a remarkable amount of games in the month of March that mm-hmm. feel like like the playoffs have started. And keep in mind, the playoffs don't really start until May. So this has been great fun, I think. Yeah, it, it was a blast tonight. I mean, Ping, Pittsburgh is one of the best teams in the NHL, and you've had a phenomenal homestand here. You, you, you still got a point in this one. Uh, I know, what, four games, I think, on this homestand that went to overtime. And Pittsburgh's damn good. You rallied yeah. back, and they've only surrendered, I think, uh, two or three leads when leading after two periods this season. And this had, this had another playoff feel. I mean, yeah. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's legit, man. Like, Pittsburgh is just as good as they usually are, and uh, the fact that while we were able to hang in and, and still were able to make it a comeback and make this one noteworthy um, was, was very impressive. So we, we start this as the press conferences mm-hmm. right now with players. It looks like Frederick Goudreau is, is at the podium. Dean Evison has not talked yet, but I would imagine one storyline that we're going to get from this game, Dex, is the toll that this game took. Um, we saw for the Penguins, what, um, Malkin got hurt, came back, and eventually scored the OT winner. Zucker got hurt, unfortunately, and it looked bad. From the Wild perspective, John Merrill, I think, went down. The defenseman in the first period didn't come back, so I would expect that uh, Goligoski, after being uh, scratched for the last three games, will come back. And then, especially concerning late in the second period, I guess, or at some point in the second period, Matthew Boldy gets hurt. He doesn't play in the third as you observed from the press box, the wild bench was very depleted in that final th- in that final period of play. Um, but that's also the price to pay. And you brought this up on the Judd's Hockey Show we did a couple of days ago, and it remains true. 
I will be very curious to hear when the season is complete how many injuries Marcus Foligno is playing through. He at one point in time skated to the bench like there was no way he was going to come back. And, of course, being Foligno, he did come back. But um, that's the one thing is when you've had the amount of really entertaining playoff-type games that the Wild has played in March, Mm -hmm. and you're still basically a month from the playoffs starting, there is a physical toll to be paid um, here, and it will be interesting as we proceed in April to see if they do start to try and arrest guys or do something, because the toll is already being taken, and and there's still time left. And then you start that treacherous run, yeah. which hopefully is a playoff run, which can last for a few months and is the ultimate grind. Yeah, I mean, and they have two insanely tough back-to-backs coming up this weekend, obviously, against Carolina and Washington. And, yeah, this is where, I mean, the Wild are potentially still obviously chasing a little bit. They could potentially have the home ice advantage in the first round. They should obviously be doing everything they can to secure their points uh, to get that second spot in the Central so you could potentially host that first round of a playoff series. But also you got to look at the long-term health of this team. And Felino has is the heart and soul in that in that backbone. But at the same time, you brought in you know Nick Delorier to kind of take off some of that so some of that heat from him. Now, when you're getting into now April, it's April Fools tomorrow, so April 1st. But um, no one is necessarily healthy at this time of year when you get to what game 70 of an 82 game season. So no one is is completely healthy. Everyone's got bumps and nicks, and and they're they're definitely fighting in a little bit. But I think you also have to recognize that as you get closer here towards the end of the finish, is you need to be as healthy as possible. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, the the joke was you know what from Anson Carter, right? The Wild don't have enough depth. Well. The Wild have a great core, but if they lose one of those guys, one of their top nine guys, they're in serious trouble come playoff time. So uh, Felino is great, and I, I love the energy and toughness he brings, but I think the Wild also have to be smart with him, and they don't want to get in a situation where they lose a core player uh, before the regular season even wraps up. So things stay tight, too. Uh, with the point, it's an OT loss, but keep in mind the Wild still gets a point. The Wild now has 87 points. They're in second place in the Central Division by four points. The Blues, 83 points. Nashville is one point then in, in wild card spot number one behind the Blues. And so you are going to be trying to get points here. Like, you don't have the luxury of potentially mm-hmm. um, going off the gas and keep in mind, if you finish in second place, that gives you home ice advantage against the third-place team in your division. So that's going to remain quite important. Um, Cam Talbot, back yeah. in goal. Uh, Flurry didn't play against his his longtime and former team, the Penguins, tonight. Cam Talbot in goal. Um, I thought he continued to play well. Third period, he made some great saves. He was o- awesome. OT, OT, he made some great saves. Yeah. This is a case now where, and I don't know if it's a boost from the Flurry acquisition. It certainly started before that as well. He gets the loss in overtime tonight, but he continues to play really, really well. Yeah, he was phenomenal tonight. Um, you know, for the fact the, the 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 fact that he continues to handle this very well, uh, ever since ever since Flurry got brought in here, I think has been damn impressive. And yeah, tonight he was great. Uh, you know, he gave up a shot. Obviously, he gave a goal on the first shot of the game. But after that, he seemed very dialed in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's been 8-0 coming into this, and numbers were all very strong and, 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 and very good. But at the same time, you kind of wonder, well, eventually regression is going to happen a little bit. And I even joked to you in the press box and said, you know, when's the wheels going to come off? I kind of got a bad feeling tonight, right? Like Pittsburgh's Yeah, you were loaded. very negative tonight. I was. I was a negative one. Judge was a negative one on I this podcast. I didn't feel the negativity No, you tonight. didn't. I, I was. I was. And uh, I, I thought that Cam Talbot uh, – 
was great tonight. He held them in the entire game. If it wasn't for him, I think things would have went very differently. He, he had another strong performance. You know, they'll rotate them again, obviously, in the back-to-back against Pittsburgh and or against uh, Washington and Carolina. Yep. But uh, he, again, continues to play very, very well. Let's talk about the game of your guy tonight. This is one of the weirdest games. First of all, it was great fun. Yep. But the game of Kevin Fiala was one of the most odd games. Yeah. Kevin Fiala spent the entire night, to his credit, around the puck. Like, he was around the puck constantly. Um, noticeable constantly. Yes. Now, the flip side is he lost the puck on multiple occasions. I'm just seeing from the box score here if I can find his, if they have um, his turnovers listed. Yep, they do. Giveaways. Actually, he's credited with none. That's, a, that's not correct. That's not correct. Um, <laughs> he had an assist. He had three shots on goal. He had two hits. He played a very noticeable game. But it was one of the oddest games I've seen because it's not like he played great the entire game, but there were moments. And then it culminated with, let's talk about it, an overtime shift where he wasn't committed to trying to leave the ice. Right. At one point he was going to, but then Pittsburgh starts, and this is the difficult thing, and this is the old school Parisi thing, and unfortunately, Zach was slower, right? Yeah. But it's like, I should leave the ice, I should leave the ice, I'm not going to leave the ice, I need to leave the ice, I can't leave the ice. And by the end of that thing, poor Fiala was gassed. gassed. But that is one of the that is one of the odder games I've seen him play from both thought. Uh, that is the good Fiala, and the that is the bad Kevin Fiala side. Kind of felt like uh, that full... Kevin Fiala experience that uh, that we've talked about on this podcast, right, where he is noticeable and, you know, he can score big-time goals, but he also can make you kind of pull your hair out. I, I thought the overtime shift was just very uncharacteristic of him, right? Like, it, yes, he extended his shift a little bit, but he was also trying to get off, and then he was trying to dance and figure out, like, you know well, what to do? jump in. He, he looked lost. He looked a little confused and lost, and, and those are the kind of plays, and they're not going to do anything about it, but, like, those are the kind of plays that drove Everson crazy, right? Drove, probably even still drives Bill Guerin a little bit nutty. Um, you, you need Fiala to kind of have a more sound game because, like, the, that mental type of breakdown he had tonight in overtime, you can't have that happen in the playoffs. Like, that, that literally cannot happen at all in the postseason. So, look, when you win eight in a row and everyone's firing and playing very well, eventually, you know, things start to turn around a little bit in the other way. But I, I thought he had one of his more noticeably bad games tonight for the first time in a long time. Yeah, and I, I like the fact that he was seemingly engaged. So yeah. I'm not going to rip that. But, yeah, he had some definite decisions that were baffling. And it didn't, seem, it didn't seem like for as aggressive as he was trying to play that his head was in, in the game enough, if, if that makes sense. The other thing tonight, too, and this is the type of thing when you get into the playoffs that you're going to have to be careful of, and I do think that they will swallow – the whistles a bit more we had nine power plays including five for pittsburgh and i saw some people griping about the calls you know the calls were soft calls. and and look brodine could have easily been called that third period uh chance for gensel where he spun him around a little bit mm-hmm. they didn't call that they could have so like the wild caught some breaks here but this is the one thing is you are going to have to be if you engage in, in a game where they look predisposed to make calls you have to be extra careful you can't allow the officials you can't be reaching and hooking and that bs um in a playoff game because a team like pittsburgh will absolutely kill you right they, they did score a power play goal tonight which i believe was a Gensel goal but the point being is we can complain all we want about officiating and calls the reality is you can't afford to put yourself in the box in games like this it will bite you in the ass yeah we, we never 
we're not really a podcast that likes to talk too much about officiating because it felt more like tonight that they were shooting themselves in the foot continually. Uh, they they start the second on the penalty kill. They kill it off. They immediately go right back on it, right? Pittsburgh makes you play, pay six, seven seconds into that power play in the second period. It's one thing to, to worry about the, official, the officials and if they're calling ticky-tack calls, but then when you're the ones who are literally shooting yourselves in the foot, it makes things uh, even more difficult for yourself. And, yeah, like playoff time, you can't have that happen. Like, you know, like, a, like a veteran team, like if you played St. Louis or obviously even Colorado, that wouldn't work at all. Like you're, they're, they're going to toast you every single time. And, and the Penguins have been there and done that, right? Like yes. T- Tristan, Tristan Jari is still a very good goaltender. Sidney, Sidney Crosby is just is tail old this time. I mean, the, my God, the, the older he gets, he's still just as good and just as much of a, out of a pest. And obviously Gino um, getting the, the game winner tonight as well. But in general, if you're the wild, I wouldn't worry about officiating because tonight you really shot yourself more in the foot than it was bad calls going against you. And we, we have, have a comment from... Derek on the screen right now that says, amazing to root for a team that I never feel is out of it. And Derek is 1,000% right. And here's what I like, too, though. Um, the Wilds had teams that can bounce back before and come back to win games and be exciting at times. But you never felt the consistency. And what I like t- tonight is this team has, I think, developed um, a consistency about it mm-hmm. where they can go down 3-1 against a good team. Yeah, They have a goal that looks like a very nice green um, um, Eck to Greenway feed right. for a goal, wiped out by a challenge on offsides. Goudreau comes right back and scores. They tie it early in the third period, and it's not just the fact that they can uh, that they can come back. It's the fact of how they do it and consistently. And it doesn't feel fluky. No. Like there's just all so many about so many things about this team and how it's constructed. <clears throat> excuse me, that I really appreciate and like. And part of it is how hard they play on the puck. Part of it is they don't really feel like a team that goes into to the old, uh, to quote Boost Brudrow, woe is me. <laughs> I love the mentality here. And coming back from a 3-1 deficit tonight yep. to tie it didn't surprise me. It didn't shock me. And I think most importantly, Declan, it didn't feel like a fluke. No, it didn't feel like a fluke. You know, you and I were kind of looking through the stat page in that second intermission looking up and down and saying, well, something has, has to give here. Because that wacky second period, even though the Wild were down 3-1 at one point, um, they still were able to cut it to one. They had one goal that was turned away. They had another goal that was obviously scored by Frederick Goudreau just seconds later. Very ballsy decision to challenge that from Mike Sullivan and ended up working out for them. Good coach. Um, but, but in general, this, this is a very opportunistic team. So even when they haven't been playing the most sound game or when they've been shooting themselves in the foot with the, taking bad penalties, they still have figured out ways to, to rally back and forth, and, and that's what you got to be impressed by. And, and come playoff time, like, you need that. That adversity has been phenomenal. You know, they've now forced overtime again. They've won seven games when trailing after two periods. This is nothing new that the Wild haven't accomplished before. Um, so, yeah, th- there isn't that, like, sinking feeling like you usually get. And usually when, if you score first and if you are chasing the game, you're in a bad spot, and for whatever reason, this wild team is, is cut from a different cloth, right? Like, they just continue to show ways that they can still come back and make things interesting. So if Boldy's hurt, do you move mm. Duhame up and get Bukestead back in the, the fourth line? I will say this. Duhame's been a breath of fresh air. Uh, he has had some moments. It feels like he's tailed off yeah. quite a bit. Um, Boldy, Boldy being hurt to me hurts more than Merrill because I think Merrill's a solid player. Yeah, Goligoski has dropped off, but I, it's not a disaster there. Um, I'd be very curious to see what they do if Boldy, and I don't know what what is hurt, but if he is out for an extended period of time, how they would replace Boldy on that line with Goudreau and Fiala. This comment right here says it. 
Colin from our YouTube channel. By the way, hit the subscribe button if you're watching our Judd's Hawk show. Yes, we're on the same screen for like the first time ever. So if you're having a trip, line down. This is is not a. It looks like a line. This is actually happening. Uh, What I would do is I would put move Jost up from that fourth line. I'd move Goudreau to wing. So I put Goudreau, Jost, and Fiala on the third line. Put Bukestead um, either in the center or. You know, you could potentially write. You could put Duhame if you wanted at center. I think on the fourth line. But anyway, I would go Bukestad, Duhame, and and Deloria on that fourth. Move up, Joseph. I, I think Joseph has been great, and I want to get an opportunity to see if he can get elevated minutes. And that way, it still keeps Goudreau with Fiala, which I think this coaching staff likes to do because he's a little bit of a security blanket. That's what I would do. I would put Joseph up to the third line. Can Joseph play the wing? Because he I, can. He I don't can. know if the team's going to want to move Goudreau yeah. off. And that center. I will. And that fourth line's been pretty sound like it, it's it's yeah. it's been noticeably very good so i could also see them not wanting to tinker that put buke set up would you put buke set with fial and goudreau or as he's kind of sat out too much and that's probably too much yeah, i don't like that I, yeah. I like him on the fourth line yeah uh the jost idea i actually like but i guess my question because i think the dean would be inclined to leave goudreau at center yeah so i think that they would probably have goudreau at center and if jost could play the wing there they could do that. Un- it's unfortunate because the, the one thing that i think we found beyond a shadow of a doubt is the chemistry between fiala and boldy's been so good yeah that that depth and and it i don't know it's shown itself as much in recent games but i mean there was definitely a span there where that brought fiala's play up a notch or five playing with Boldy who has the attributes of a center playing wing yeah like he's got puck skills he's got awareness skills Jost is an interesting solution I could see that yeah I could I could definitely see that working out really well for them um you know Boldy's up into he scored a goal I believe on Tuesday, right? I believe the last time out there. And he had two assists tonight. But he felt mostly kind of like a passenger in this win streak. Like, he, he was he was fine. I don't think he was being a detriment, but he kind of got shut down a little bit. He, was, he wasn't on the box score. Right. Um, he just kind of felt like a passenger these last few games. And obviously, this injury could be detrimental just because, in general, since him since he got called up, he's kind of awo- helped in a big awakening to Kevin Fiala's game. Yep. But I, I would say if the bowling injury is serious, and yeah, I, I would move Jost. And Jost can play some wing. I think he did some so in Colorado. And he was such a good player at North Dakota and obviously was a top 10 overall pick. So the kid's got skill yep. and was buried in Colorado for a long time. And I think it'd be a, a good sign to see him get elevated minutes here in Minnesota. And in tonight's game, Boldy assisted on Dumba's goal that tied the score at one where Dumba finally shoveled the puck over the um, goal line in what was a very odd goal and then he also assisted had the second assist on Goudreau's goal that came after the challenge overturned the offsides goal that was not uh, that was Goudreau who took a pass from Fiala which by the way, it was a great pass. Yeah. Boldy had passed the puck to Kevin. So, yeah, that's the one that that would concern me a bit. Ho- hopefully it's not serious. Right. Now, Boldy didn't come back, and I think he's a fairly tough cookie, so mm-hmm. that, would, that does worry me. But, again, you're going to have to – that's the thing about this is as we get towards the playoffs, you are going to have guys go, go down and get hurt and be lost. And the question becomes – can you replace them? Do you have the depth? And it doesn't need to be a perfect player, but it needs to at least be a player that makes it seamless. And I will go back to my concern there is Fiala and Boldy, when they're going yeah. well, have I, I don't think we've ever seen Kevin have chemistry with 
any player like that yeah. since he got here because, you know, they've certainly tried him with Kirill. And you would think that there would be a chemistry there. Yeah. And their 1,000%, and I don't know why, is not. No, I wouldn't either. And, and I feel like it'd be internal, right? Like I see some people in our YouTube comments say, well, call up Adam Beckman, who had a nice little training camp there, and I, I believe is still putting up solid numbers in Iowa at Dewar this point. Pro- I think they'd call Yeah, and I, th- I, I, think he, I think the pecking order, right, if they were to call someone up is someone they're familiar with. And, you know, like, yeah, Beckman had a great showing, but I don't think they're going to pluck, like, even Rossi, right? Like, pending a, pending a significant injury to probably a center. Rossi's not going to most likely touch this roster either um, come no. playoff time. No, and, I agree and, with that. and honestly, he probably shouldn't. Yep. So, um, so I, I think it would come internal, and then yeah, just kind of what they want to do there. But if if they, as we talked about the end, from the beginning part of this show, kind of with the Felino side, I mean, if they lose someone to their core top nine here, I mean, they're in serious trouble. Like they 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 literally cannot the cohesiveness of all three of these lines because you and I have talked about how Dean doesn't like to shuffle things, which is That's rare. It's remarkable. Um, even when the team is kind of chasing the game a little bit, he still tonight at no point really changed those lines around. So um, you need everyone to stay healthy. So hopefully we'll, we'll see what happens maybe and get a little update on Boldy maybe by tomorrow. But in general, can't really afford an injury to him right now. Um, is that Hepcat says that this team's in good shape right now, mm-hmm. fixing the peak for the playoffs. I agree with that, but that's what makes this next month intriguing is is you want second place, you want home ice, uh-huh. but yet, to your point from the show a couple of days ago, you'd really like to rest guys, but you probably can't afford to. And if you go to Marcus Foligno and say, hey, dude, can you, uh, you know, we think that, that we should sit you for two games. I think Marcus Foligno is going to tell, uh, tell uh, Dean to take a flying leap. So uh, A little update here. Uh, Matt Boldy will not make the road trip. Uh, that's coming from the post-game press conferences from both Jesse Pierce and oh, Dane Mitsutani, the beat writers here. So Matt Boldy will not, will, excuse me. Matt Boldy will make the upcoming road trip. Oh, that wrong. Okay, good. Both are upper body injuries, but John Merrill will not. So uh, upper body injuries for both. Boldy should make it. It's at a four-game road trip, back-to-backs in Carolina, Washington. So he should play on the road So he should hopefully play. Okay. Merrill will not. So that um, most likely means the goose gets plugged right back in. Um, the lineup who's been scratched the last contract. two games and a nice little extra payday Four in his mil. pocket. Not bad. Um, no I wouldn't mind that money at all. So upper body injury for Boldy, but it'll be kind of evaluated to see, to see what happens well. Karel Kaprizov. Oh, yeah. 38th goal tonight. He ties the Gabrick mark for, I believe, set in 2006-7, if I'm not mistaken, for single-season points, eight, yeah. 83 points. Uh, he now has... 38 goals. He is four off the mark set by Gabrick and then uh, tied by Eric Stahl a few years back. Um, continues to be remarkable. I will just say this, and, and this is my prevailing thought on 97. Don't take him for granted because yeah. it becomes so simple to watch him and be like, of course he scored that goal. Yeah, of course oh. he did this and that. The puck, he has a magnet in his stick, mm-hmm. and it is remarkable just not just his play, but how he lifts up teammates as well. Well, I mean, uh, you know, look at Austin Matthews tonight scores his 50th goal of the year, and you and I were talking about on a podcast this week, you know, how many players are definitively more skilled, not better, but like more skilled than what Kirill Kaprizov brings in. And, you know, I kind of thought, oh, Austin Matthews may be on that short list. And then I was kind of thinking of like, well, what does Kirill Kaprizov also do that maybe like isn't elite, but like that one area of his game is, is there an area of his game where you and I were talking last Tuesday where I'm we're like, is there, is there a hole? Is there I tweeted a, not this. a strong side? What is it, right? His skating is incredibly strong. His shot is heavy. I mean, I, I wouldn't, maybe, it's not as maybe as good as like, it's not an elite shot, but he knows where to put it it's every damn, damn time, it, right? It's damn close! It's, well, I mean, when you're constantly changing your angle, yeah. that's an elite shot. Yeah. Um, he's scrappy. Yeah. He hits. 
He gets mad back. Mm-hmm. He doesn't take any crap. Like, you don't, you, I, I cannot wait to see the playoffs. Yeah. Because I feel like he, he got a really good taste of things in the first round against the Golden Knights last spring. Um, this guy is not fixing to, to put up with your BS garbage. <laughs> so, like, I am curious. I don't think, I think he's going to be a different player. Yeah. I really do. Like, I don't think that we're going to get into a long span of, oh, no, the playoffs are here. Kirill's going to disappear. I think that this spring, that guy is going to bring it, and it's going to be great fun. Yeah, I, I think also the fact that, you know, guys like Fiala and Boldy have emerged. Zuccarello's having a career season. Ryan Hartman's knocking the door at 30 goals. Um, so it's not just all Kirill. And Vegas said last year, can we shut down Kirill and can the Wild beat us? And the answer was no, right? So, and Kirill analytically, yeah, he had chances and he was fine in that playoff series. But at the end of the day, it's postseason, baby. You gotta be scoring goals. And he was held off the score yeah. sheets for the majority of those games. So I, I agree. You know, it, are, is the focus gonna be on him when the playoffs come? Of course it is. It's still gonna be the same focus, but. Now that he kind of had that first little taste, he's now played in almost 100 games in his NHL career, that he'll most likely be able to still kind of break that seal and still be that dynamic player we see all the time. Those top two lines have to score. And that, yeah, they have and, to. And in my opinion, that's the Kirill-Hartman-Zuccarello line, yeah. Fiala's line. Like like the Eck line shuts teams down, mm-hmm. and, if he'll, and if, if they can get goals, which they probably will, that's great. Yeah. But, you know, whoever um, whoever – Fiala is with and Kaprizov is with. They have to, to score. Um, so 7-1-1 one, and one on a franchise record nine-game homestand. Not bad. The Wild now plays at Carolina on Saturday, mm-hmm. at Washington on Sunday, at Nashville on Tuesday, wow. at St. Louis on Friday. So, like, second place, and this is the problem, Dex. Yeah. Second place is in no way, shape, or form close to being no. secured. Um, I will say this. You, in my opinion, want home ice yeah like yeah. you want to play here yeah, this building's it. a great place to play yeah um you know if i'm going to have, have to play the blues or preds and just my guess is it's probably the blues mm-hmm. i want the blues here for yeah. game one yeah at least i'd prefer that yeah so. N- N- nashville you know that'd be the more ideal matchup you know nashville's having a good year it's not to discredit yeah, them i don't want to sleep on them you know you don't want to yeah, like roman yours is so good but uh but in general yes you need to get a home ice advantage uh at least that first round series the wild have been so good uh here on home ice so you absolutely need that hey by the way uh when judd and i are at the exo energy center or we're at home or wherever we are enjoying a surly beverage or whatever we're doing, we have a pair of Chill Boys on, which are the most comfortable underwear on the planet. And as much as we would love to show everyone that, we're not going to do that here in this uh, cafeteria press room. I think there's some people in here, too. Yeah, not not a good idea. But it's a Minnesota-based company. Check them out, chillboys.com. Very comfortable. Very comfortable. Very comfortable. Long underwear, bamboo. It's great. All right, we are done. Appreciate all of you who have uh, watched Judd's Hockey Show live post-game. Wild loses to the Penguins tonight on a um, Geno Malkin goal, but still a fun game. We will be back, I'm sure, very, very soon. Mm -hmm. Don't forget, drink your Surly. We're your chill boys, all of the other good stuff that we endorse. We always appreciate when, when you buy it or at least consider the purchase. We will talk to you soon. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.